0: Welcome to Valley Christian Church. We hope you enjoy this message, and we hope you join us on Sunday mornings at 10.30. We are located at 432 East Pleasant in Tulare. After the message, take a moment and visit our website at vcctulare.com. It is our prayer that ultimately you learn to love the Lord with all of your heart, soul, mind, and strength. As the disciples were finally starting to figure out, you know, who Jesus really was and what he was all about. And we don't really know if they've really figured it all out. Sometimes we get little glimpses and other times they're sitting there going, they have no clue at this point. Uh, You know, and they figured it, they didn't always figure it out before his death and resurrection. Of course they did afterward. But there was a little conversations and confessions along the way, and, and I don't know if you remember Peter at, uh, at Caesarea Philippi, as, as Jesus asked, who do people say I am? And there were several answers about how different people, you know, what they answered. And he says, well, who do you say, uh, say I am? And Peter just pops up, and he says, you are the Christ, the Son of the living God. And even Jesus was a little impressed there. And he, he pretty much says, wow, good job, Peter. I, I know that they didn't come from you. The Holy Spirit revealed that to you. And it was kind of a, a little glimpse of, uh, of what the Holy Spirit would do in our lives. So as the disciples were trying to figure out who Jesus is, and, and sometimes the results were a little disappointing. And, and I can say that, that sometimes the results for us are a little disappointing. But for the disciples, these guys... When they started figuring it out, they started jockeying for position. They started going around, and, and once they figured out that Jesus was God, and he had a throne, and he was really going to rule and reign over the earth, the disciples were starting to figure that out, and they were going, okay, well, where are we at uh, position-wise in this? You know, in today's day and age, the way we would say it is, well, I, I wonder if I could be on the cabinet. Maybe I could be secretary of state or prime minister. You know, one of the, they were jockeying for position. The Bible even says that, that James and John, their mother of all people, went to Jesus and said, now Jesus, when you get ready to rule and on your throne, you know, when you're in your kingdom and all that, can, can one of my sons sit on the right and one of my sons sit on the left? I mean, this is a grown woman going to Jesus about grown men, and this is kind of pathetic in, in certain ways. And Jesus is probably looking at her because, well, I don't want, not that Jesus thinks like I do, but I would be thinking, lady, you have no idea. You just, you don't have a clue. In a few days, no one, and, and Jesus, the way he comments on this, no one will be a, a, a wanting to be at my right or my left in a few days. You really have no idea. And Luke, uh, Luke even tells us that on the day of John 13, on the day of this passage that we're going to study this morning, the disciples had been arguing all afternoon about who is the greatest in the kingdom. After walking around with Jesus for three years, you have to start wondering sometimes, did they get it at all? Now that you know what they've been arguing about, let's look at the, the passage for today. John thirteen one. It was just before the Passover feast. Jesus knew that the time had come for him to leave this world and go to the Father. After that, he poured water into a basin and began to wash the disciples' feet, drying them with a towel that, uh, that, that was wrapped around him. He came to Simon Peter, who said to him, Lord, are you going to wash my feet? Jesus replied, Shh, quiet down, Peter. You do not realize now what I'm doing, but later you will understand. No, said Peter. You shall never wash my feet. Jesus answered, Unless I wash you, you have no part of me. Then Lord, Simon Peter replied, Not just my feet, but my hands and my, f- and my head as well. Jesus answered, A person who, who, who has had a bath needs only to wash his feet. His whole body is clean. And you are clean, though not every one of you. For he knew that he was, uh, who was going to betray him and that was why he, he said not every one of you uh, not every one was clean when he had finished washing their feet he put on, put on his clothes and returned to his place do you understand what i've done for you he asked them you call me teacher and lord and rightly so for that is what i am now that i your lord and teacher have washed your feet you should also you should also should wash one another's feet I've set, for, uh, set you an example that you should do as I've done for you. I tell you the truth, no servant is greater than his master, nor is a messenger greater than the one who sent him. Now that you know these things, you will be blessed if you do them. Well, let's stop a, a moment here and kind of really look at this dinner. It's a very simple thing that Jesus does here, but it's very profound. And we hope that we, we come to, to really understand what he's trying to say here. We hope that we get it. We are really no different than disciples. Sometimes we get it, and sometimes we just totally blow it and don't understand it at all. And by the grace of God, you know, he, he's willing to, to you know, take us through those trials, take us through those times, take us through those different things that we go through to help us understand who he is and what he's trying to do. We walk with Jesus for years, and sometimes we we just don't get it. We talk about it. We even take notes about it. We even talk some more. But the reality is, Jesus lays it out so simple, and we complicate it. He says, you will be blessed if you do these things. So what did he do? Well, the other Gospels tell us that Jesus arranged this meal himself. Usually other people would do this. Uh, you know, it's one of those things where, where, where he, for somebody in his position, he wouldn't be doing all the little planning. They would have different people would want to come and say, Hey, I can do that for you, and they would go and do it. But but this particular mill, Jesus did this. He he made the plants. And out of his heart of love, he really wanted this time to be a special time. But also, I think that he put you know, he set up this location that, that Judas didn't really know where they were going. A special location that they'd never been to before. Because Judas already had 30 pieces of silver in his pocket. He'd already been paid to betray Jesus. He was just looking for the opportunity and the right time to do it. So he, this would have been a time that, that he would never been to, you know, a place that he'd never been to. So when they arrive, the smells are coming from the kitchen. And they gather at the door and it was kind of customary that, that there would be a servant or a child of the household that would be there with a wash basin and a, and a pitcher of water and they would clean the feet and all that because they would have to sit down and eat their meal. And the way they sit down, it was low tables, they would kind of lean back on pillows, so your feet's kind of you know, in the nose of the person right next to you. So that was kind of customary. They didn't uh, wear shoes, they didn't wear socks, they didn't travel like we do today. It's a little different for us today. But sometimes they would, when they would do this, they would also say a blessing on you and sometimes even anoint your head with oil as a, as a blessing. And it would kind of make you feel refreshed. I mean, most of Israel is, is desert and it's hot, it's really dusty. You know, they give you a cool drink, but most importantly, they would wash the feet. The feet were the dirtiest part of the body. Well, why is that? What was the main transportation mode of the day? Horses, donkeys, oxen? All the animals you can think of that people can get on and ride or pull a cart. Well, they loved to leave little presents for us in the middle of the road, right? Well, you could try to avoid it all you want. But you would eventually step in stuff that didn't smell that good, right? So by the time you actually get to somebody's house, what would you need to do? You would need to clean off your feet. And that was a good thing. Because you wouldn't want to be smelling your neighbor's feet when you're trying to eat. But here they arrive... No one's at the door. No one's there to do it. I could imagine the thoughts that went through everybody's head. I knew I should have set these arrangements up. Oh, I knew he was going to forget this. Next time, I'll just have to give him a checklist. I guess one of us should step up and help. They might have even teased him a little bit about it. We don't really know. It's not there. Or maybe they even picked up on the heavy heart that he had that night and just said, okay, well, let's just not talk about it now. We'll just... OK, everybody, just go on in, don't worry about it. Something, something's up. You know, the burden of the last few days that have been on him. You can imagine that conversation as they went in. Okay, oh, oh, OK, you're not sitting next to me. You go there and sit. Jesus hadn't lined up a servant. Really? He thought he had 12 servants. But see, you spend the afternoon arguing about who's the greatest in the kingdom? Who is the best? Who is the top dog? You spend the afternoon, you know, arguing about that. You really don't think it's your job to get down and and grab a basin of water and wash other people's feet, do you? Absolutely not. The towel and the basin were right there. Jesus didn't go into another room and grab it. It was sitting there all night during the dinner, unused. And John kind of gives us an interesting framework on this. He doesn't say, Jesus looked around and said, well... I guess if no one else wants to do it, I'll go do it. He doesn't do it like that. He got up. It says here that he knew who he was. He knew where he was headed. He knew all the things were placed under his feet. In other words, his authority. John says right before Jesus washes their feet in verse 3, Jesus knew the Father had put all things under his power, that he had come from God and was returning to God. Jesus, knowing who he is, gets up. Verse 4 says, so he got up from the mill, from the mill, in the middle of the mill. He got up from the mill, took off his outer clothing, and wrapped a towel around his waist. He took on an appearance of the servant, took a role of a certain servant, did the work of a servant. This just wasn't theater. He went around the room and washed each you know, each of their feet. Now, it would have been so much easier if somebody would have said, okay guys, hey, let's, let's line up, you know, get, get in a line and we'll wash everybody's feet. Or, okay, Jesus is going to do this so everybody get up from the table, go form a line. It didn't happen like that. He went around the table washing the feet. And now you have the Son of God you have the creator of the world crawling around going, hey hey, guys, I just need to, can, 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 can you take off? Can, can you move that foot around? I, I just need to get to it. They're kind of looking around, not really saying anything. Because they know that as soon as he gets to Peter, Peter's going to say something. Because Peter always says something, right? You know, he's always willing to stick his dirty foot in his mouth. And sure enough, he gets to Peter. And I wonder if he was the first or the middle or the last. I don't know. When did Jesus wash Judas's feet? Judas Iscariot. So you really have to get kind of into the middle of the story. How long did it take to wash 12 men's feet? Five minutes per guy? So for 60 minutes, for an hour, they were all very, very uncomfortable. They're just trying to figure out, what is he doing? And you know what Peter was thinking? When he gets to me, I'm going to say something. I mean, I am going to say something. I I just can't let this happen. Jesus gets to him, and, you know, Peter's probably trying to tuck his feet further in, not allow Jesus to get to it, and Jesus finally just Peter, and he grabs a foot and pulls it out. So Peter says, Lord, are you going to wash my feet? Almost as if it were backwards. Peter, you will understand later. Just, Just let me do this. Peter replies, you shall never wash my feet never never I know who you are I figured it out it is totally inappropriate for you to be kneeling on the ground washing my feet Peter just can't stand what Jesus is doing and the reason why is how he views Jesus and it's a good view of Jesus he's going Jesus come on I've studied all the religions and God does not come down and wash the disciples' feet. Not in any religion. So how can you do that? Do I need to give you lessons on being God? People are supposed to be afraid of you. People are supposed to put fruit bowls in, in front of statues of you. People are supposed to crawl on their knees toward you. People are supposed to serve you. Because that's what all the other religions... That's how they re, you know, react. And then maybe in all of your godliness, you might... You might do something gracious for us. But this, Lord, this is too much. Peter's totally lecturing, you know, lecturing God here. And it's probably not the first time, you know? And you know what? Peter's right. What other religion do you find that, that God does this stuff Do you see any other religion in this world that were, you know, their God would do this, much less die for them? He says to Peter, unless I wash you, you will have no part of me. So, Peter being Peter, what does he do? He swings the pendulum all the way, which he's really good at, you know. He's like, no, 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 I'm on this side. And Christ goes, well, if you're on that side here, you know, and he just totally swings the other way. And he starts taking off his outer garment. And he's going, well, just give me a whole bath. Because if the other disciples are getting their feet washed, I mean, you've you got to remember, he's a little competitive. I'm, you know, I'm sure he was leading who is the greatest in the kingdom discussion. I could almost see the Lord rolling his eyes a little bit. Peter, the last three years has been a bath for you, my man. The last three years has been a bath. You are already clean. You just need me to wash the grime off your feet. Wash the grime of this day off your feet. So Jesus does his thing, and Peter has to let him do it. And after he washes the feet, John tells that he, tells us that he got back up, he put the wash basin away and, and the towels away, and he grabs his outer robe and he puts it on, everybody smells a lot better and they're, they're really happy the room probably smells better but they're kind of feeling weird about it and he says to them do you understand what I've done for you? you call me teacher and lord and rightly so for that is what I am now that I your lord and teacher have washed your feet you, should, you also should wash one another's feet I've set you an example that you should do as I have done for you I tell you the truth, no servant is greater than his master, nor a messenger greater than the one who sent him. Now that you know these things, you will be blessed. You know, if you're the type of person that takes notes about this, or you admire people who do this sort of thing, it says here, you will be blessed if you do them. Do is a very complicated word. Two-letter word, very, very complicated. This could mean a lot of things. I mean, really, a lot of things. You will be blessed if you do them. So, I will be blessed if I wash your feet. Yes. Jesus is telling them until you do these, until you do this, there are things that you just won't understand. Blessed, you know, blessed means happy. Blessed means peace, you know, having a peace within yourself. You will not be at peace with yourself unless you you wash a bunch of feet especially those that are sitting around the table with you. You'll be totally happy if you adopt this kind of lifestyle. And and, and what is funny here is Peter, you know, as much as he protests, he doesn't ask for the bowl. He doesn't ask for the towel and say, well, let me do it. Did you notice that? He doesn't say, Lord, let me do that. No, he says, Lord, stop doing that. We already voted. We're just going to have dirty feet tonight. I get the feeling if the Lord said, you know, if the Lord said, okay, Peter, then wash my feet. He would have done it. I wonder if Peter would have asked to wash Christ's feet. What would Jesus have said? Mine aren't dirty, go to Matthew. The other thing I see here, because there's really so much application, is the Lord didn't say, okay, everybody wash your own feet. He doesn't say, okay, everybody get a towel and a basin and and go ahead and clean up. That way, we, we don't have to be embarrassed around each other. That way, you don't have to be embarrassed that I'm doing it. You know, this is a, you know, a very nervous group activity. Nice, you know, just kind of a, a crowd breaker thing. No, Jesus goes around and washes their feet. And what is fascinating is on this very night, there's two million people packed into Jerusalem. And he's not concerned about them. That's four million dirty feet. Okay, we got to wash everybody's feet. It's going to be a long night. You get all these foot washing meetings going on. It'll take about three weeks to get it all done. No. What is Jesus saying? I'm going to wash your feet. And when you get together, I want you to do the same. Now, in their context, the Lord literally means wash the feet. But there's no record that they ever did it. Now, they might have, it's just no record that they ever did. The next time, did they even think about it? So many things happened right, boom, 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 right after this. Did they even think about it? Maybe they did. We do know that their attitudes toward one another started to change at this point in a good way. But now, in in a 21st century concept... I don't think he wants us to sit around and literally wash each other's feet. I mean, our feet, you know, we got shoes on, we have socks on. It's not the grime of the road. But it would be a good object lesson. The reason why I say this is because our feet are completely clean. So what is the real thing? What is the Lord trying to say to us today? What were, their, you know, what were they washing off each other's feet? Now, what literally was coming off their feet into the basin, and we could get real graphic here, and I'm not going to, But what was coming off their feet? We'll just call it grime, okay? Or the dirt of the street. But we actually know what it was, most likely, and it was pretty gross. Because on every street, in every town in Israel, there were animals. Here comes the the sheep herder right through the middle of town, delivering the sheep. And he says to them, this is what I want you to do. Why don't you do this to each other now? So I kind of sat with this during this week, and, you know, especially since Wednesday night, we kind of talked uh, where Paul talks about, um, do not think of yourself more highly than you ought. In other words, it's okay to think of yourself highly. It's okay to have pride. Go to that point and don't go any further. Don't boast yourself up. Don't, you know, don't think yourself better than what you really are. Go to that point where Jesus has you and don't go any further. You know, over the past year, things have been really going good for us. I mean, we've accomplished so many different projects around here. Our numbers have increased. You know, we had 80% people that, that stayed last week. I mean, unbelievable for me. Ministry has increased. And then you spend five minutes with the Lord, and He washes your feet, and you realize we have so far to go. Because it's about the individual. To do the things that Jesus did. Do these things, He says. What would he have you do? Well, in the context of John 13, we'd wash feet. So over the years, we have to come to this conclusion that, you know, the Lord, Lord, well, washing feet's not really my gifting. You know, have you ever thought about your gifting? Churches talk a lot about spiritual gifts. Well, well, washing feet really is is not my gifting. You know, I I took the test and I'm actually better, uh, you know, if you don't mind me saying, Lord, I'm actually better at something else. I'm actually gifted at spotting dirty feet, you know? I can spot it from a half a mile away. I can make a person feel guilty in 17 seconds flat. Brother, you have sin in your life. You have grime in your life. I can smell it from up here. Get up here and clean those feet. And the Lord tells us, I didn't call you to be dirty feet spotters. The people who have dirty feet already know they have dirty feet. I called you to become like me, so you're going to have to start washing some feet. So our first response is either, okay, I can do that for a while, or, well, I, I did that when I first started serving. I did that way back. So I'm kind of beyond that now because, you know, there's pastors and there's other staff members and there's other people that are there for that. It's good for them. And the Lord speaks to our heart and says, oh, no. I did this at the end of my ministry, not at the beginning of my ministry. This is toward the end of my ministry. When my ministry was already matured, that is when I washed feet. I took all my knowledge, I took all my power, and what did I do with it? I washed feet with it. This is how I invested all that that authority, all that power, all that knowledge. But Lord, this is an incredible waste of time. And one of us could have washed the feet... Well, it's true, but none of them decided to do it. Lord, there are plenty of people to do that. Well, everything gets done, Lord. I show up and and it's done. So I know that somebody does it. So the Lord starts to deal with, with our hearts. Verse 17, it says, Now that you know these things, you will be blessed if you do them. If you do them, you will be blessed if you do them. You know, this foot washing thing is is really, it's much easier for me to teach today than in different points in my life. Because last week, we put it out there that we needed some help with our children's ministry. And the response was phenomenal. Now, we can always use more. I don't want to guilt trip you or anything like that. That's why I'm glad we taught on this this week and not last week. Because we put out, we needed, you know, we had a need. And and people just popped up, I can help, I can do that, I can do that. This group is becoming good feet washers. We have accomplished so much over this past year. Some of you might look around and go, "Wow, you, you got a lot more to go." Should have seen it a year ago. You should have seen it three years ago. Our buildings were built in 1961, so that, yes, there's more to go, but we're getting there. So I say thank you for those that have been doing that, and, and we, you know, we'll continue doing stuff. But we're becoming a really neat church because it's not just about here. Because when we find out a, there, there is a need, people step up to the plate. There's one family. There's one family that doesn't even go to this church that we find out that, that she's at home taking care of her husband. He literally is fixing to join his Lord and Savior. So we're like, what, what can we do to help? She's like could you bring over a meal once a week? And I'm like, well, yeah, do you need it three or four times a week? She's like, no, I just, just once a week. I'm like, okay, we can do that. So we start doing this. And, and they've become a part of our church. He's one of these guys that, that one day people will line up in heaven and will say, thank you, I am here because of your servant's heart. And they don't even attend here. If you want to help out with that, tell Lisa. I mean, we got this planned out for months already. If you want to get on that list, you'll probably be uh, three or four months out. It's an awesome thing. So does this make us better people? No. It makes us blessed people. It doesn't make us better than a church down the road. Why? Because we're just doing the do part. That's what it's about. Jesus brought it to our attention, so we started doing. Now, does our church benefit from this? Of course. One day, she'll be here because she's already a part of our family. Their kids even come every now and then, and and, and, you know we're starting to build those relationships. I have other people in this church that if they see a need, they'll walk up and hand me a check and say, can you make sure this gets to so-and-so? That's the doing part. They don't even want credit. That's an awesome thing. How cool is that? And when we do these things, what does it make you? feet washers but you know what else it makes you it makes you attractive to this world not only do we take care of each other we take care of people who don't even go here and the next thing you know they start coming why because somebody has has influenced them for the lord you are attractive so look at each other and say you are attractive okay i thought that was funnier than the response i got You know, this is so the opposite of where in Revelation he says, you're not going to be with me because you're not even hot nor cold, but you're lukewarm, so I'm going to spit you out of my mouth. Jesus wants us to be active and do the things he shows us that he did. The Lord takes a, a look at Valley Christian Church and he says, keep going. You're hot. You're not lukewarm. Don't just talk. You know, you know, don't just say, oh, that was just a wonderful study on foot washing. What do you think? So inspiring. No, don't just do that. You got to start doing the doing part. I know the Lord's probably sitting there and, and some of you are even being prompted by the Lord going, okay, well, what should I do? I don't know. What is the Lord telling you to do? Maybe it's inside the church. Maybe it's outside the church. Maybe it's at your work. Maybe it's with your kids. Maybe it's with your grandparents. I don't know. Whatever it is that the Lord's telling you, that's what you should be doing. The Lord wants us to be attractive. You know, the number one way to uh, to be attractive is to introduce Jesus to people, and then act like Him. Stop preaching at them, because when they're around you, they walk away feeling like they just got cleaned. Their feet are cleaned. And they just can't even figure out why. And you don't even have to point it out to them. And then it becomes second nature. See, the goal of a servant is to be thinking like this. Everybody else's needs go before mine. Paul tells us in Philippians 2 that when we're looking out for our own needs, which is okay to do, it's okay to look out for our own needs. We need to eat, right? You need to clothe yourself. You need a rest, you need all these things, it's okay to look out for ourselves, but we should also look out for the needs of others, it says. And then it becomes second nature. Like when I mow, go ahead and mow the the neighbor's yard also. It kind of freaks them out there for a while. They're, They're thinking, okay, what motive is there? They're thinking, do I need to give them a gift certificate or not? Now, you've got to be careful with this. You just can't, you know, when somebody goes on vacation, just can't go over their house and paint somebody's house purple when they're gone. It needs to be something that they would want done. Jesus figured out what they really needed at that moment. Their feet washed. He didn't give them a bath. They didn't need that. And, who ha- and to have a church who says, what is needed around here? Who needs my help? In this world, who needs my help? That is an awesome thing, because it boils down to commitment on your part. Did you notice that Jesus said that they weren't all clean? Is that Jesus' fault? No. He said, oh, you're all clean. Oh, wait. You're not all clean. Judas had made a decision to not let the Lord meet his needs. You know, sometimes we are just as stubborn as that that we won't let the Lord wash our feet. Thank God Peter allowed it. As we wrap up this gospel in the next 20 weeks or so, you will see a lot of corollary uh, between Judas and Peter. Peter oftentimes did the wrong thing at first, but he always came around. He always came back to Christ, and that's our goal. Judas, on the other hand, he did the wrong thing and never came back. He never came back to Christ. That's the difference. That's the only difference. And Peter spends the rest of his life in the do mode. I just think it's so cool that Jesus takes, you know, this whole lesson that that nobody else would do and says, now, adopt the role of a servant. That's what he calls us to do. You know when he calls us to do it? When is right now. And how I want to, to really end this today. So I want you to, to think about or visualize a person who God wants you to serve. I know some of you may be thinking, uh, no, not that one. Not that person, Lord. So you have to figure out, is, is it from the Lord? Is that the person that, that you want me to serve? Now, chances are, whoever you're thinking about here, their feet are dirty. Do you know why? Why? Because every one of our feet are dirty, because because we have we, we have sin in our life. You know what he says? When Christians act like their feet aren't dirty, we end up faking it. Everybody's just fine, but we're thinking, "What is that smell?" Everybody's just doing fine. Oh, that man! Can somebody open a window? But everybody's just fine. That that faking this, you know. I I don't know. It's it's not me, but I'm just fine. What is really cool is when we get to a point where we're in a small group or we're hanging out and we say, you know what, I got the world's grime on me and I need you to help clean. I need you to help take me to Jesus. I need you to, to pray with me. I need you to study with me. I need you to do, do something with me about this. Can you help me get it off? So how do you wash off, you know, the grim off or, or someone, you know, who is on your heart? You know, something about who you're going to, to wash the world off of them. You know, how do you do that? Have you ever walked away from a conversation where you went, Man, I just need a bath. You know, that conversation where you're just sitting there going, That, that just wasn't good. It was just a bad conversation. Well, washing is the exact opposite. A person walks away from you, you know, going, I don't understand it, but, but I feel better. It's from being with you. They feel so much better, and they'll want to be around you. Not at first. It might be a little uncomfortable, but the more they're around you, and when you you serve a person consistently, it kind of starts to bug them a little bit sometimes. They're waiting for that catch. Not at first, but they think, oh, it's coming. What if your agenda is just to be a servant? Over time, people will want to be around you. And you will have your chance to show them Jesus. And then he starts washing their feet. And he is so much better at it than I. I. I just introduce him. I kind of do the little toes, and I introduce him. Jesus is over there just cleaning the whole foot. And if you allow it, the Lord will make you good at it to the point where you excel at serving. And that's what makes a difference. a difference. And the Lord uses you in unbelievable ways. And out of your mouth will come the words from Him. See, we do damage when we use our words. But the Lord repairs lives when we use His words. So, go and do the doing part. Let's pray. Lord, I'm so thankful that you chose to get down on your hands and knees and wash feet I pray Lord that that in my life that I live up to, to the things that you've shown us that when you put somebody on my heart I will go and serve them when you put somebody on my mind I will say Lord what do you want me to do I thank you so much for those people that have done those things for me I thank you so much for those people in our lives that, that, that just that they're here and they just do it and, and we, we just don't even realize it till years later. I pray, Lord, that you mold us into that doing church. You mold us into, into to what you want us to be in this world, in this town, in this community. I pray that you build relationships in here that are unbelievable, but, but then we turn and look outward, that it not just be about here. I just love you so much, Lord. Thank you for doing. Now the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord's face shine down upon you. May you be blessed when you do. May his face never turn from you. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.